Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KLKC. I am your host, Sean Fry, on this Monday morning, and I'm joined by a guy who is trying to rush out of me on this to get <laughs> to get to some fishing. Uh, so we'll be in and out. It is Mike Hayward, the Lubeck County softball coach, uh, here in studio with me today. Mike, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Always, always great to have uh, coaches in here to talk. Uh, and I'll just jump in right away. Uh, this is your first year coaching Lebec County softball, but it's really like your second year because you were, you were, you were, na- you were named head coach in the fall of 2019. I want to say, right? Correct. Yeah. So you were named head coach in the fall of 2019. You had, I don't, you had X amount of practices for your spring season last year. Two weeks. Was, <laughs> two weeks worth of practices. Obviously those practices how many players are there? There were still some winter sports that were dragging on there in those yep. two weeks. But then state basketball happens. We get to that first round. Spring sports are, are a week away. Mm-hmm. And we see what happens. Uh, the pandemic canceled the spring sports season. And I, I think we can recognize that that was probably... It was a difficult but probably the right move at the time, especially because we just didn't know what was yep. happening. Yep. And so... but. You had been preparing for your first season as the Lebec County softball coach, a, a program that had been run by the same coach for a long time, for quite a while, and then you it got pushed back a whole another year. What was that experience like? What hurdles did that present to you? And maybe what opportunities did that present to you? Well, I'm honestly I'm the second head coach that Lebec County softball has ever had. Really? So the previous coach had coached for the start whenever mm-hmm. they started with the. Uh, the softball program. Uh, as far as me, I've been around baseball my whole life, you know, and softballs, it's a little different, but mm-hmm. a lot of same, similar stuff. Uh, we actually got to go play summer ball last year at Chanute. So I did get to coach the girls a little longer, and uh, we actually did, we went 7-0-1 and over there. Chanute tied with us at, mm-hmm. at, in Chanute. But, uh, and this is the summer of 2020. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then coming into 2021, uh, with the state so- or state basketball, know. you know, it it was like we practiced two weeks without some of our main starters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I really didn't start a couple of them in the at the varsity level for a few games, mm-hmm. and they thought they did something wrong, which they didn't. No. I just wanted to get them some reps and get them back in tune with the game. That's pretty standard, by the way, yeah. is, you know, it's, it, it, and it's part of the evolution of any athlete to realize sometimes when you don't play, it's not even punitive. It's just, yes, that's what, that may be what's best for the team and you. Yep. Uh, that is one thing I wanted to specifically ask was not just the fact that you had a lot of your players, players like Anna Dean and Madison Brandon and Carson Stewart mm-hmm. and plenty of others, you know, that played on that basketball team they went deep into the postseason. They made it to the state tournament, and pl- and they played in that first round against Lewisburg. You know, I think the last person I had on here, uh, Will Tunstall, he was a he was a bas- he's a basketball ref in this area, mm-hmm. and he was on that game. And we talked about that game for probably twenty minutes, mainly because it was such a physical, yes, hard fought game. I tell people all the time that that's a top 15, 20 game I've ever seen in my life, any level. Yeah. I mean, it was such a from an objective standpoint, it was such a good basketball game. I understand for Lebec County fans, and I feel it with them that it was heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. it was a heartbreaking finish to a season that 
you know, where because it was a game that both teams probably deserved to win, mm-hmm. and the emotions were high. Well, that whole season, they had had a lot of emotions riding the SEK League title. You remember how in volleyball? You remember how that volleyball season ended, mm-hmm. where they had to they had to win every match down the last two weeks of the season to get to the SEK League title, which included a three set thriller over <laughs> Indy. In that last match of the regular season, then they turn around two days later and have to win sub-state, and they turn around two days later, they have to go and play state. You know, then they immediately rev it up for basketball season. Mm -hmm. We see how basketball season went. Then they have to immediately rev it up for softball. How do you, for those girls that came in from basketball over such the roller coaster, how as a head coach do you even approach that and, and kind of get them to put that season behind them? And say, okay, this is a, this is a new start. And how do you address just the emotional fatigue that they're probably already experiencing when they show up at the door? Well, when we before before that game, I think we had a week of practice mm-hmm. already, so we didn't have them. And I do believe the game that game was on a Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And uh, after that, I I I told them all to come to practice on Wednesday, and I talked to them before we practiced. I said, go home, forget about it. I said, just relax. You got three days. You guys start Monday. Mm-hmm. So just giving them a break because that game, you're right. It was the most, it was a physical game. Oh, I mean, my. both teams played physical. Yeah. And we were spent at the end of the game. Yeah. I was spent at the end of that game and I was just <laughs> watching it. Now, obviously, you know, I, I mean, it's a, that's how you know, that's how I knew it was a good game. Yes. I was like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired right now. <laughs> and I can only imagine how they felt. I know how devastating it was to lose that one yeah when you finally got them in what, what you know players like Anna Dean and Madison Brandon what how'd you kind of gauge where they were at psychologically well position wise I kind of knew where they was already gonna play mm-hmm. you know I mean you, you you get that concept of them they're athletes you can probably put them anywhere you know Maddie Brandon for instance she can she plays right field for us mm-hmm. uh she can catch she's got a cannon on her but knowing who I had at catcher I knew I didn't I didn't really need her there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Anna, we started her out at first base this year, which mm-hmm. she was our first baseman. She's been the first baseman there, so I kind of knew that. Her body type fits that role. She, it does. She gets stretched and gets it the ball. Does. I guarantee you she gets, she gets you out just by her reach probably. But now we've moved her, mm-hmm. now that you say that, because she's a good outfielder. Oh, yeah. You she's know, got she, speed. She, yes, That exactly. same length helps her. And then that's we had Carson Stewart playing the outfield, and – She's played, I've coached her in little girls stuff a little bit, you know, in, in little league and that stuff. And she was always a good first baseman. So I kind of brought her to first and moved Anna out to left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're good kids. They're hard workers. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll do anything you ask them to do. You know, they're just, they're, they're good athletes. And for the record, for people who may not be as, I think there's people out there who still have that literally mentality of, oh, my kids in the outfield, they must not be that good. No. Oh, by the time no. you get to by the time you get to high school, your some of your best athletes are in the outfield because yeah. they need to cover ground. It's it's the, not just standing. You don't stand because if you stand, we're yelling at you. You know, I mean if there's a play at third, that yeah. left fielder better be coming in backing up. If there's a play down to second, the center yeah. fielder's coming in. Any play at first base, the right fielder's coming to back up that. Yeah. So I mean, there's movement everywhere. Absolutely. What so, and one thing I talked to you before the show, and this is one thing I wanted to explore is the fact that you know, 
I just mentioned that volleyball won the SEK League title. Basketball won the SEK League title. Both those teams made it to state as well. It seems like across the board at Labette County right now, and there's so much depth on the girls' side. You've got the track team on at Labette County that is doing very, very well. They have a re, they have a very reasonable chance of winning a regional title. Uh, I don't, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of SEK League teams in that field. They've beaten a lot of those. In fact, usually they finish ahead of every SEK League team. Um, it'll depend who else is in that field to see where they go. But they're going to get a lot of state qualifiers. They're going to get they're going to finish close to a regional title. You guys are. Uh, certainly a competitive team. You're, you're you're hovering kind of in that top middle of the pack right now. Uh, two losses to Independence last week yeah. are hurting. Oh yeah, but we need help. Yes, we need help in that and to win the SEK this year. But you're certainly a competitive team, and I, I think there's a there's a belief that especially with two freshmen in the circle, you have potential that to be playing your best ball down the postseason. And depending on the draw, you never know. Yeah, th- there's a run to be had. And, you know, I, I've covered I've covered Labette County for, I'm going on, this is my seventh year now. I got here in the fall of 2014. So, yeah, this is my seventh year now. Uh, you know, I've, Labette, the Labette County girls have always been competitive in most of their sports. And a lot of that had to do with the culture that Christy Snyder sets in girls basketball. And, and then Heather, and she had it for volleyball for quite a few years. And then Heather Wilson took it over. You know, the, that culture has always been there. And. A lot of times it was top heavy. You had the Erica Gartners, you had the Tristan Geggs. But this year, in particular, it seems like just all the way up and down, there is just talent left and what right. How is that even manifested and how is that managed a- across an athletic department? Well, I'll say I, I graduated from Lebec County in mm-hmm. 1990, so I'm old. But I wasn't born. But <laughs> two our, years away, <laughs> our girls program at Labette County. When I was in high school, we went to state every year in volleyball and basketball. Mm-hmm. So, and we didn't have softball back when I was there. We didn't have we didn't have softball or baseball. I know we got baseball when I was a sophomore, and I think I want to say softball come the year or two later. I'm not positive on that, mm-hmm. but our girls program's always been strong. We've yeah. always had good athletes at mm-hmm. the woman level. Uh, to, to me, I don't think it's a question. They've been better than the they've been better than the boys' side every year that I've been here. Basically, the only exception is there was one year where you guys won the SEK League title in football, and uh, that was with Easton Dean at quarterback yeah. his junior year. Uh, and from what I remember, though, that it, I think that was the same basketball team that that went to state. It is, yeah, yep. They they went yep. to state that year in basketball. They were probably equal that year to the girls because the girls went to state as well, yep. and the girls actually won a game that year. Yep. So it, at state, so they weren't one and done, right? But I mean, that was a ticker tape year for the boys, whereas that was just business as usual for the girls. Yes, exactly. And so, I mean, how is that even? I mean, when you have such, is there something about the approach from the athletic department or or, or from the community that that focuses on girls' athletics because? I see a lot, you know, I don't mean to harp on my own community. Right now, Parsons Girls Athletics are just struggling right now. They're struggling through a rebuild. I think you, they have the right coaches in place that are trying to fix it. It, it helps that Brooke Hopper, the volleyball coach, is a Christy Snyder alum. Yeah. She, she knows the formula, and she's doing it with her volleyball program, and we saw that. We saw that in volleyball. They went from one win to nine. Yeah. That, that is not easy in one year. Mm-hmm. That was That was hampered by a pandemic in the middle. 
So I, I was very impressed with the Parsons volleyball team this year. And you even saw signs of it with the basketball team uh, led by Pat Shibe. But at the same time, I mean, they're, they're years away from looking at anything like Labette County. Yeah. And then you even look at a program like Chanute. Chanute's girls programs have been good for a while now. But I, I particularly think, again, of basketball. They have a good coach in Dustin Fox. But they're not Labette County. Right. What is it that has sustained it over these years? Shoot, I couldn't tell you. Other than them girls down there, they're hard workers. Mm-hmm. Okay. They they do stuff in the off season. They do stuff by themselves. It ain't just, hey, this is the sport I'm working on right now. You know, I just don't I don't just go to practice. I do stuff off out of practice. You know, that's how you make yourself better. It ain't just it ain't just what you do in practice. It's what you do when no one's watching you. Yeah. And Labette County girls, they just it's like they got a tradition, you know, and they stick to it. And yeah. they're they're hard workers. All them girls are hard workers for sure. Hey, uh, we're gonna go to a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we'll keep talk. We'll keep talking a little bit about Lebec County softball and some Lebec County girls athletics. You want to stick with me? You betcha. All right, we'll be right back here on the War Room here on KLKC. I'm your host Sean Fry. We got Lebec County softball coach Mike Hayward in the building. Don't go anywhere. We are back here on the War Room here on KLKC. I'm your host Sean Fry, joined by soon to be going fishing Lebec County softball <laughs> coach Mike Hayward. Uh, Mike, we were talking about just kind of the the allure, the the legacy of of, of Labette County girls athletics and how they've sustained it. You took over a program that's, you know, you know, one, it's the big team sport in the spring softball uh, on the girls side, you know, what kind of expectations had, did you put on yourself when you took the job, you know, to you, you're in the same kind of, you're in the same uh, fraternity as, as Heather Wilson and Chrissy Snyder now. You know, if I go down the line, it's Heather Wilson in the fall, Christy Snyder in the spring, and the, or in the winter, and then Mike Hayward in the spring. That's <laughs> I never thought of it like that's that. That's quite a list. So. <laughs> <laughs> what does, you know, how do you live up to that as a coach? Well, they got a lot more years than I got in. I think Christy <laughs> came there when I was a, a, a junior in high school. I think that was her first year teaching there. Mm-hmm. And Heather, I'm not real sure, but I think she came when my wife was there, so... Yeah, that's a, a lot of shoes to fill there. But uh, I came in just thinking, changing the program, mm-hmm. you know. And the program wasn't bad then. I'm just saying I wanted to give it a little bit of me, you yeah. know. And uh, I think it needed a bit of a facelift. I yeah. You know, I don't think we need to dance around the bush and know that, you know, she's not Voldemort. Lori Green was the former coach. And, you know, there was a lot she had accomplished with that program. But her, but sh- her last year was... If you're looking at just softball, Lebec County forfeited a game her last year. I had the coach she forfeited to Cassie Rooms on this show about um, about two months ago, and we talked about that a little bit. And what Cassie had said to me was, you know, Lebec County softball was known as a great program, and that's why we always put them on the schedule. So for them to have gotten to where they were was was surprising to me. And that's coming from from literally the reigning state champion, right? Uh, and in Cassie, in Cassie rooms over there at Front Neck. So when when you took over the program, you know, like I said, the word I used was facelift. And you're talking about kind of changing the program and putting your identity on it. What was your what was kind of your roadmap to do that? Just uh, hard work and uh, our first. I mean, our first team meeting. You know. We we sat we sat down and I told them mm-hmm. we're going after the SEK title. That's that's our goal, you know. And then we're going to state. Uh, 
with these girls, they are just, they're all characters. I mean, they have a good personality. They're hard workers. They, uh, they like jack around a little bit, you know, <laughs> we, but we all do. I mean, I turn on music. We, we, we enjoy the music while we're practicing a lot of the times, uh, depending on games and stuff. Depends on whether or not they get music at practice. You know what I mean? So, last few practices, we ain't had no music. But we just haven't been, re- we really haven't been hitting the ball like we should be. Mm-hmm. We're, we're underneath it. We ain't on top of it. Uh, so, for me to change the identity of the program, I think it's got to go to our hitting. Our defense has been playing, has been playing decent enough to win. Our pitching has been pitching good enough to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got, I think the second game we had, 16 runs scored on us, you know, and that wasn't just the the defensive part. Pitchers weren't putting the ball in the right spot, you know, mm-hmm. and that's – they're young, man. I mean, they play they play a lot of travel ball, but they get tired, you yeah. know, and to be consistent each and every pitch, I mean, that's that's wearing, wearing on them. Uh, I don't know. I, I got – in my opinion, okay, this is my opinion, I got two of the best – Sek pitchers in the league, and that's Lily Beery, Barry, Barry, yep, and uh, Riley Bebb. They're yep. both, freshmen. both I was, freshmen, and that was literally my next question, which was, you, you've got two freshman pitchers, and I, they come in with a lot of height. They come in with a lot of, you know, they, they come in with a lot of experience at the at the younger youth levels, and they're, they're certainly, I think, bred to be pitchers. Oh yeah, but at the same time, they are still freshmen. Yeah, and they are going to they're going to face girls that are literally eighteen. Yep. You know, ready to go to college somewhere, sign to college somewhere. <laughs> how do you, you know, how, you know, how has their adjustment been to the varsity level um, as freshmen? I think, honestly, I mean, I'll take like Riley. Riley goes and plays in Team Oklahoma travel ball. And uh, I think she sees very good competition, you know. So just keeping her calm down and focused, you know, on hitting her spots and stuff. And same thing with Lil. I feel like with Lil, the longer she pitches, the stronger she gets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I coached Lil a little bit last year in the summer ball, and none of none of them teams handled her at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, she got seven wins, you know, starting out, and she's in between her eighth grade yeah. and freshman year, and she's facing eighteen year old, seventeen eighteen year old kids last year, you know. So both of them are competitive, man. They both throw hard. Lil's got a nasty changeup. That's mm-hmm. what her nickname is, is nasty. <laughs> because when she throws that change up right, she makes them girls look silly. Yeah. And she's she's a good pitcher. Rye, she has a lot of pitches, you know. And for I'm trying to find out which one's working better that day. You know, she'll throw a rise, she'll throw a drop, she'll throw a curve, she's got a screwball. She's got to change up. She don't like to throw it yeah. a lot of times. Me and her kind of argue a little bit about <laughs> that, but we got to get that off speed going a little better with her. Yeah. So a rise and a drop. That's a hard. That I mean, that sequence of those two pitches alone. I mean, there's that's a sequence that some college pitchers. That's the only two they'll throw. Exactly. They might throw in just a straight heater. They might throw in a changeup here and there. But a lot of time, I mean, go watch, go watch an Oklahoma pitcher. That may be the only two they throw an entire game. Exactly. And her strikeout <laughs> pitches is her screwball and her curveball. Yeah, I mean it truly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get O two. We want them to get a little bit more outside, you know, and they shouldn't be fouling the ball off. We want them chasing a little bit. So, but they're so aggressive, it's hard to get them to get it off the plate because they want to. They want to strike out. I'm not positive how many strikeouts they both got on the year, but they're 
They're racking yeah. the numbers up, brother. I promise you. You know, you've, and Lovett County High School has has some has some historical success with pitchers as well. One of the, you know, you've got Allie Reynolds, who's now Allie Casco. She's a, you know, she's a teacher oh, in the yeah. building right now. Oh, yeah. She is one of the most famous pitchers in that building. She had a very successful four year career at Park, and then uh, you've also got Jaden Wyrick, uh, yeah. who's who's pitching very well for for Lovett right now. Um, over at the junior college, uh, she's she's the ace. She's the game one starter on a team that is that that on Tuesday of this week is going to play Highland basically for the conference title. And you know, Lebet County can certainly produce pitchers. What do you envision a career looking like for Riley and, and Lily? And what do you envision? What kind of level do you envision them getting to by the time it might it three four years from now? Well, just being freshman, you know, that's a. You're still talking three more years yeah. of, of hopefully high high school ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley, she's she's pretty uh, she's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, her fastball has has movement on it. Uh, I like seeing both go high. You know what I mean? I like seeing yeah. both go D one. Mm-hmm. But is that can you really see that? You know, D one is tough. From it's this tough table. because there's a lot of good ball players. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I I'd see him going maybe to a JUCO right now. I mean, Lil, yeah. hopefully, you know. And this, I don't know. Of, I don't want to. I don't want to put a brand on him. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they are young. You mm-hmm. know, and I think their goals are to go play D one. There's, yeah. there's a few girls on the team that their goal is to go play D one. You and, know. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's almost a mantra on this show at this point. I've talked about it with numerous people. I think Juco gets, Juco gets a bad rap because it's Juco. They think, oh, my, my kid's going Juco. Juco's good ball, man. It's great <laughs> ball. Go there before. Well, I yeah. always tell people, walk, if it's from a purely athletic standpoint, if you're looking for the highest level of competition and you couple that with even with fin- with the financial yeah. ramifications, Go walk on at a JUCO before you go NAIA. Yeah. Go walk on at one of these Jayhawk Conference JUCOs. Yep. And you will see some of the best softball in the country. There are pitch. I mean, Labette sent a pitcher to Tennessee. Highland's going to send people. You know, Butler sends people to the SEC all the time. Yeah. Go watch. But if you if you have the opportunity to watch Butler softball this year, I mean, you know, I hype Labette up a lot. Butler is the king in D1 Jayhawk right now. I'm pretty sure they haven't <laughs> lost a single conference game yet. Okay. And their closest one was a 7-5 win over Hutch that they immediately turned around and run-ruled the second game of the series. <laughs> and, I mean, they are rolling right now. They, I think a couple years ago they won back-to-back national titles, and then, you know, they, they, they dropped off for, like, one year, and that meant they were, like, 15th in the country. <laughs> and, but then they're, now they're right back, and they're probably – and they, they are a pencil favorite as one of the two or three favorites in, the, in D1 of all of JUCO to be a national champion this year. Right. And, you know, it, it, but I tell people all the time, go JUCO, and you will find an opportunity. You will get an NCAA opportunity if you stick it out for two years in JUCO. And yeah. – I think that is a great path for a lot of athletes in this area, not just high school softball pitchers. Right, right. Well, you you go to JUCO and you get all your all your basics out of the way, and it's a heck of a lot cheaper than than bigger schools, unless you get full ride. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we've got about a minute left. Any la- any last parting words? You got what what's what's your week looking like? What is the back? What is the backstretch of this season looking like for Lubbock County softball? Well, we got Monday. We got Burlington at Burlington. Uh, and then we go. We come here to Parsons to play Parsons on Thursday, and then we end our 
SEK with uh, Pittsburgh, and then regional start on the 15th. Uh, excited for regional? Excited, man. I'm excited to, to get, get through this season and uh, just see where we need to improve. Man, we're young. We are young. We have one senior on the team. We have like six juniors. The rest are sophomores and freshmen. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about our team. I'm excited about the next few years. And we got some good talent coming up that are younger, you know. Yeah. So that machine, that machine on the girls' side keeps rolling and rolling. For oh, it does. Bit, and I tell you, my, our starting center fielder. Let me throw this in real quick. Is also a freshman. Yeah. Addison Rexwink. I call her AR. And uh, hey, man, if you come watch her play, she's fast. She yep. covers a lot of ground out there in center field, and she hits the ball well. Good, good kid, man. They're all good kids. Hopefully, I'm creating a good program, and I'm gonna shout out to both my coaches real quick, Jeff Dean. And Lindsey Wilson, because without them, man, we can't do it. And thanks to my administration, mm-hmm. because without them, I I wouldn't be here. Well, you could do without one of your administration, and that's co-athletic director Sean Price. But well, we'll, we'll let leave. me go there because he also <laughs> says it's always uh, it's coaching at this level. So. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. That he said that. I believe you. Uh, that'll do it on the war room, Mike. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks You're for having anytime. me, brother. Hey, good luck down the rest of your season, and that'll do it for The War Room. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody stay safe, and God bless.